Okay, and we're rolling. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brawlers Reyes podcast. Today we have Alexis Flores Bentancourt. Hi, Alexis. Hi. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? <laughs> good, good. Uh, so we have Alexis on the show today because she's a super interesting person and has done a lot of stuff. And I wanted to kind of share her story because I think a lot of people can kind of get a lot of value from it. So why, why don't you tell people a little bit about your background, growing up, your family? Yeah. Okay. So I am I'm Mexican. Uh, my parents uh, came to the United States back in the early 1990s. Uh, we ended up in California, which is actually where I was born. And when I was five, we moved to Texas. <laughs> and that was really an interesting time. I remember I didn't know any English really. Um, and I remember getting made fun of for it. <laughs> and I was like, no, I, I, yeah, I'm not gonna get made fun of. Um, and I learned it very quickly. I just became very studious. Um, and we ended up moving to Houston three years after arriving into Texas. So I actually lived in a very, very small town. Um, and my dad, I mean, they're both immigrant parents, you know, they, they came here, didn't have anything. Uh, when we moved to Texas, we actually loaded everything we owned in, a, in the back of the truck, and that's all we had. And I remember I didn't really grow up having, you know, dinners with the whole fam. My dad was always gone working um, and such, but we were very fortunate that my dad was a really hard worker, and he he did it for us, you know, and gave us a home and gave us food. And my mom really, you know, raised the three of us. I have a younger brother and a younger sister. And so um, in that aspect, uh, come from the traditional Latino family, <laughs> very Mexican, <laughs> you know. And um, yeah, I always had this dream, though, of going back to California. Um, you know, a lot of my family was still back there. But, but we, yeah, we made it we made it happen. Um, I don't know if there's anything more interesting that you want to know. Oh, well, well, I, well, I think that, that's that's pretty cool. You know, I, I I think I usually ask people, you know, about that that aspect of it because I think a lot of times, you know, what your family background has some kind of effect on. Oh yeah. Else. Right, right, and I think being the oldest too, um, I just you know my, my parents. I mean, my dad knows some English now. My mom. She understands it, you know, a lot of the times now I'm like, oh, oh man, like she actually knows what I'm saying now. <laughs> Not a bad thing, but you know, and, but I remember having to translate uh, papers by the time I learned English, which was pretty much like months after arriving in Texas. Um, and I knew about, you know, filling out tax papers and what like a mortgage was and all that by that age of seven. And that I think really, um, really affected me because I was like, oh, I, 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 I'm not gonna have a childhood, really. You know, not in the traditional sense. And it just, I saw how much my parents suffered. I heard their stories. I, I saw the poverty that we were in at one point. And I just remember being like, okay, education's the only way I'm gonna get out of this, right? Um, because being in, at that elementary school, um, knowing that like, oh my gosh, I don't understand what these kids are saying. I don't know what's going on. And I was put in ESL classes and there's nothing wrong with ESL, but I was like, why are they treating me as if I don't know what, I, what I'm doing, you know? And so, um, funny thing, a fun fact, I feel like I, I can say this. <laughs> I actually don't know how to read in English. Like I do, right? 
But my phonetics, I never really learned them because I just was like, I gotta, you know, watch as much TV. I gotta learn it as fast as possible. Oh yeah. Oh, and yeah. Times where I'm like, wait, how do I pronounce this word? I, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know what you know. I, yeah, no, yeah. Moppy and I don't know, or mopey instead of moppy, or vice versa. I don't even know. <laughs> what, yeah, what point. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's made me really resilient too, but appreciative, right, and and helpful, I think, uh, about my where I'm at, and it just. That drive is because of my parents. Like everything that I do is because of my family. Like I want my siblings to be able to get a PhD or a master's, or you know, get a higher education even after college or you know after the four-year university. Because I was like, I can't really do that. Um, and we can get more into that. You know, why I'm you know here and not in grad school at the moment. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, I think that's. I think that's incredible. You know, it's a lot of responsibility very early Mm -hmm. on. You know, you can't really, you know, coast on, oh, well, it's like someone else is going to figure this out for me. No. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember there came a point where I couldn't ask because my dad, honestly, I I wish he had gone to school, you know, And, and my mom too, obviously. But like, I remember I had this incredible bond with my dad because I just got numbers. I knew how to multiply or, or you know, all the multiplication facts mm-hmm. by the time I was, I was five and it was because of him. And I was like, I wonder what he could have done had he gone to school. You know, he was always interested in like what I was doing. And then, but it came to a point where, you know, especially in algebra, he's like, what, what is that? And because, because he, you know, they didn't get that education mm-hmm. in Mexico. They were, you know, there's a reason why they came to the United States. They, they had nothing. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I, I remember having, I was that like annoying kid that was like, well, why to the teacher, you know? And like people would think, I, oh, she's such a teacher's pet. And I was like, no, I just literally like, if I don't ask them, I don't, I know I, for at one point I, I didn't even have internet at home. So it was like, I had to ask now or else who was going to give me answers, you know? No, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I get that, you know, for sure. And that's, yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, I'm sure in the situation it was very difficult, but it's such a rewarding thing, I think, to look back at, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, you kind of <laughs> were able to, you had to be curious. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. That, uh, that, that aspect of your life had to start very early on. Yeah, it's that adaptability and also just like, well, I got to go out and do it for myself. You know, and, and I think that really helped me, um, especially when I got to Berkeley, because that's a whole another story <laughs> yeah. itself. Yeah. But but let's, I guess let's kind of let's kind of go through through that path. So uh, you know, you, you mentioned that you kind of saw that mm-hmm. uh, education was going to be your way out. You know, your way to, to to better yourself and better the life of yourself and your family. So uh, was that an idea that you, you know, like how did you figure that out? Was that your parents or a teacher or how did you get yeah. there? <laughs> um, actually, so. One of the the biggest things I think was uh, how fast of a learner I was. Um, I like I, I don't know what it was, but in three months I was fluent in English, reading, writing it, and all that. And I actually had the opportunity to skip a few grades when I was in Livingston, Texas. So that's where I was before I moved to Houston. And I remember because I was just I don't know I just I just got it you know and and I was like okay I, my parents didn't really know what's going on and you know my teachers would try to talk to them but you know I was over here translating at you know six years old trying to tell them like oh they think I'm smart <laughs> you know <laughs> and so that was that was really uh, an interesting thing and, and when I got to um, Katy ISD which is actually a very good district in in uh, Katy where I was from. Um, and so that's like a suburb of, of Houston. Um, 
I, I remember being in third grade and I, I was the new kid, you know, they always punch you out. And I uh, took this, was it called the, the like Texas, the tax test, that's what they were called. It was the assessments, you know, and, and, and whatnot. So I took that test and I remember sitting there in third grade and the teacher was like, oh, um, we have the highest score in, in the whole like, you know, uh, third grade in our class. And I had no idea why I even took that test, to be honest. I had, I had, that's how little I really knew. I just knew I had to go to school and I had to do what I was told and that's it, you know, and I just looked yeah. up new things. And um, I thought it was this one girl who was like, everyone called her really smart. And then she was like, oh, it's our new student. Like, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's me. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? And, and I just, you know, my teachers noticed it. And um, eventually um, it became, uh, you know, there were more people of, of like Latino background that ended up going to elementary school. So therefore more teachers that were bilingual and so they were able to tell my parents like hey like you know she's actually very smart like you know you should consider her like going into pre-AP and AP classes and such like in her future um and so again that was just one thing that like my teachers really noticed it and then uh, in fifth grade I remember reading a book about um Percy Julian he was one of the first uh like African Americans who got a PhD in chemistry and I remember I, I guess I read his story and I saw how much he was like accomplishing. Right. And I was like, oh, wow, like he's he's doing research. And I had no idea what research even was. All I knew really was that with his research, he created knowledge. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's where I was like, oh, I want to do that. Like, I want to tell people stuff. Like, I want to discover things. And I remember I got made fun of that year because we had a dress up as our character. So I, I dressed up as a scientist and, you know, I didn't have a lab coat. So I put on a long sleeve white shirt and my, my mom just gave me an oversized like button up of my dad's. And they were like, what are you wearing? I was like, this is a lab coat. And I don't know, again, I just was very curious. I wanted to know. And then as um, I furthered my education, right, junior high and high school, um, I had amazing teachers. Um, just to name a few, it's uh, you know, Miss Benning, Miss Rett. Um, it will hold on. You can like edit this out if you want. I don't know. It's like, I don't know if you just say like Mrs. You know, but Mrs. Surrett, Mrs. Benning, Mr. McCauley, um, Mrs. House and Mr. Schlutz, like just people who really pushed me and they saw my potential and I wanted to learn more and they never, you know, never got annoyed at me. I think um, I was just, I was there. And if I didn't know something, well, you know, I, I try to ask as much as I could. I try to help other students, um, but they, they really, really listened to me. I think, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's how I feel at least. And um, apart from just being my teachers, they were like second moms and second dads to me because I, I could ask them more than just school stuff, you know, things that my parents didn't really know about and I couldn't ask them for help because no one in our family had really gone to college, right? We didn't know what this was about. And I remember Miss Spenning, she actually told me about Berkeley. I mean, she's literally the reason why I applied, <laughs> you know, and she's like, I think you should apply here because all I, you know, in my little brain, I was like, oh my gosh, Stanford and, you know, MIT and I don't know, University of Chicago even, you know, and, and all these schools and of, of course UT and A&M, but I just, um, 
I applied because of her and she told me about it and I was like, wow, it's also back in California. I was like, oh my gosh, it's actually a really amazing school. I was like, ah, I don't know, but I applied and, and you know, you know, the rest is history, but they, they were the ones to do it, I would say. Um, and, and my parents too, I mean, they just encouraged me. They encouraged mm-hmm. my education. My dad, even though they didn't really understand what I was doing, I remember they got mad at me because I was staying after school so much. And I was like, I promise it's for band. <laughs> like I'm in band. I'm not doing anything crazy. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and, and thankfully they, you know, my dad, like I said, he I did work myself. I remember working three jobs at one point just to make sure I could afford everything I was doing in high school. Mm-hmm. But he always did his best to provide me with the resources, right? Whether that was just, okay, here's the money for uh, private lessons for your oboe, right? Because I, I loved music and I was like, dad, it, in order for me to be really good, because when I do something, I don't just want to be okay at it. I want to be really good, <laughs> right? Um, and, and so strive to be the best at least. Um, and so, yeah, he always... Um, my mom's way of telling me that she supported me in my education, my endeavors, you know, etc., um, was coming into my room at 11 p.m. at night uh, while I'm still doing my homework, and she had she had cut up fruit, whether that was like mangoes or apples or you know whatever you want to call it, <laughs> um, with uh, and she put like the chile, like the mm. yeah, like the hint. She would just she would just barge into my room, set the bowl there, and then leave. <laughs> Because she was like, I'm going to bed, you know, and I would, I would sometimes would stay up, you know, until midnight or past midnight doing a project or working on, you know, math or physics. And I just, I was like, oh, like, thank you, mom, you know, and, and mm-hmm. that, that was her way. That was her way of, of always making sure that I was taken care of. Um, and I, again, I couldn't do that without, without them. And then I saw, you know, my, my brother and my sister and how much they, I, at least, from what I got <laughs> that they, you know, look up to me and I was like, okay, if I, if the more I know, the more that I can help them out on, right. The more that I'm going to be like, Hey, look at this opportunity. Look at that. Hey, look, I didn't know that this was possible, you know? And I, I always uh, think about it just even in sports. Um, my, you know, I never really got to play sports when I was younger and I was never in a league. I was never in, you know, soccer or gymnastics, for example, and um, or dance. And I remember my mom, uh, you know, getting or being able to do that for my brother and my sister and then them being able to do sports and all those other extracurriculars that I didn't know about once they were in junior high or in high school. So all of that, you know, just between teachers, my parents, um, seeing that. I, I, I kind of saw myself as a second parent to my siblings too. I was so, I'm, I am older than them by what, seven and five years. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's it's, a good age gap. That's a good age gap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My sister has definitely called me a uh, mommy at one point and she was like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's I like, no, no, not that, not that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's great. And I think, I think the key point in all that is just like, I, I think a lot of times it's, it's hard for us maybe to see in the moment, like, mm-hmm. That even if our parents don't, might not completely understand, hey, this is this thing I'm trying to do, they get that it's important to you mm-hmm. and they get, hey, I'm going to do what I can to support you. And uh, that's just so great when you have that, you know, because, you know, there's so many people that, you know, aren't even able to have that, you know, and they, they have to uh, adapt to that, too. But that's great that you have that support and mm-hmm. that now you can kind of see a difference that it's getting a little bit better now with your younger siblings and you're getting things that maybe you didn't have. And that's awesome.
Yes, yes, no, I 100% agree. And I, I am very fortunate in that sense. Um, you know, like I said, they always stress education. And, and I remember my dad telling me, like, education is something that no one can take away from you. Once you have it, they, they can't go into your brain and get it, you know, grab it. Like, it's, yeah. it's yours. And it's, and I saw the power of it. And the more he knew, right? And it just, yeah, it opened up so many doors. And I'm very grateful to have had people that noticed that, you know, because at the end of the day, um, I see so many people that have potential. And it, it takes someone not, you know, encouraging them or putting them down or, you know, then and, and it takes one person too to be like, hey, you're so smart. You know, hey, you can do this. And and I'll, I'll remember, you know, you, you remember those people. So, yeah, no, for sure. Oh, that, that's that's great. So, you know, you're, you're obviously education, you know, so it's being a more important thing in your life when you're growing up. And, you know, you meant, you, you were kind of mentioning, hey, you had teachers that encouraged you specifically with Berkeley and all that. But what was your kind of thought process when you were when you were going into college? Like, did you have an idea of like what you wanted to study or, or what were you thinking? I thought I knew what I wanted to study. <laughs> I, so like everyone else, you thought. Yes, I thought, <laughs> um, you know, I as like any stereotypical like immigrant family, you're either going to be a doctor, a lawyer or an engineer. And um, that's the one thing, though, that I, I did miss out on is knowing how much more there was out there. Um, but I, I went in and, and I had, um, you know, done some some work with some students um, in, te- in the teaching, like teaching area, but also like more on the neural neuroscience stuff like inside and I remember I was like oh what if I study like neuroscience or like uh and and go in psychology and go the pre-med route you know and I was like maybe I'll 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 be like I don't know brain surgeon or something like I I just and I was I am interested in the mind you know I'm curious uh, about like how people learn and all that but um when I got to Berkeley I started taking more classes and um I actually love reading and writing like I and, and the English department at Berkeley is amazing and I remember at one point I was like oh like oh man I wish I could you know do this but I thought about my family and I was like I need to get a really good paying job <laughs> and you know that was definitely a huge factor but I also love math and I remember loving my calculus classes and just you know learning how different it was to learn it in at Berkeley versus in high school, which high school I had an amazing teacher um, and she definitely sparked that passion for it. But when I got to Berkeley, it was like on a whole different level. It was a whole different way of thinking about it. And so um, I, it was like a lot of it was more theory, right? And I just remember falling in love with it and then actually um, falling in love with chemistry once again, because I had loved chemistry. Again, I was I was just very like, oh, I love everything. Um, <laughs> so I didn't know what to do. I was like, came in, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do pre-med. And then I was like, oh no, I don't want to do pre-med. And it was just the, the sense of the community there, the people that I met, nothing wrong with them. I just, I didn't click. And I was like, I don't know if I really want to do this. Like, do I really have a passion for it? Because Honestly, some of the people at Berkeley, when they spoke about what they were doing, there was so much passion behind it. There was this huge reason. I was like, there's not a huge reason for me, at least, to want to become a brain person, you know, like a, like a, and go to med school and stuff. There, it was just, it just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So I ended up switching and trying actually to get into the College of Chemistry because I was like, oh, I can, I can do chemical engineering. And to be honest, I didn't really know what all of that 
entailed, but I was like, yeah, this sounds good. It's math and, and chemistry. Like, again, being so naive, not really knowing, right? And I'm being 100% honest here. Mm-hmm. And um, I I switched into this Chem 4B class, which was a blessing in disguise because I met uh, Walter Ralston, who um, ended up being uh, like the grad student I worked for. He's also like my, my like TA, GSI is what we call them. Um, and I tried to switch and I actually um, did not get in. Uh, I remember going to the, um, talking to the Dean of the College of Chemistry at that, po- at that time and I submitted my application and he didn't read the email I sent him on why I wanted to switch you know, from the College of Letters and Science to the College of Chemistry. And he like, took one look at me and he was all like, no one will ever hire you in the, like, in the science field. He's like, you will never get a job. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, um, you know, and I remember my grades were actually pretty good. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> and so I was, and he was like, have you thought about doing, um, English or, or what about geology? And I was like, um, I, I mean, first of all, insult to, to them because like all those fields are incredible. Um, Mm -hmm. but also like, what, you know, and I remember, I don't, I don't know how I didn't cry (laughs) while I was staring at him because he was just like, no, you need to pick something different. This isn't for you. Um, you're not going to do well. Like, I mean, he had just, you know, looked at me and, and that's what he said. And I was, I was like, wow. Okay. And I remember walking out, um, and Walter actually, um, at that time, he was just my, my GSI, my graduate student instructor for, for the Chem 4B class. He just happened to be out there in the Bixby Commons. And, and I remember I was like, I, I have to talk to someone about this right now. And I just like remember I like busted out crying mm-hmm. and he's like, give me a second. You know, he, was, he was still teaching a bit and he, he sat me down and I talked to him. I was like, I don't, what am I doing wrong? Like, I love this class. And, and he, um, and I think actually this, at this point, um, oh no, I was actually doing research with him already uh, a little bit or like starting. This was uh, first semester of sophomore year. And um, he was like, Alexis, he's like, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> he's like, um, at the end of last semester, um, he's like, when you're in my class, the professor asked all the GSIs to put a star next to um, the name of a student who like deserved that little boost, right? Whether it was like a B to a B plus or an A minus to an A, right? He's like, you're the only person I put that star next to. And he's like, I, he's like, and there's a reason why I want you to, to do research with me, you know? And I just remember, I I think I probably cried more (laughs) at that point, but um, I just was like, wow, like, I'm not going to let this guy tell me no. So I figured out a way. Um, and thankfully I had, um, Marissa Ramirez. She was, uh, a, a senior when I was a freshman, I met her early on and I, I realized that she had done like, she had done math. Yes. But also there was an applied math side. And I was like, what if I like go into the math area right do applied math and get my concentration in chemical engineering like i i can do it like let me see if i can i went and bothered every advisor that i could find and that was even hard in itself sadly um and i talked about what i wanted to do i was like look i love math my grades in math were really great like i was like can i can i do this like look i i i want to do chemistry like i've got gotten good grades in my chem classes and eventually they agreed and I found an advisor in the math department that was like 
this is, yeah, like, let's do this. Like we haven't had someone do this before. It's like, okay. <laughs> and so I ended up uh, taking all the physics, math uh, and chemistry classes, like OCHEM, PCHEM, you know, and some material science classes as well. And um, just doing it. It was really hard, um, but I was like, I'm going to do this because I wanted to show, um, you know, the dean that I was like, yeah, no, I, okay, fine. I'm not in the College of Chemistry, but I'm going to make something happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, eventually um, through through that um, and through Walter really uh, it, pushing me to do the research and, and teaching me a lot about what he knew, getting into the this chemistry field right and just like or you know just really seeing what was out there uh we worked a lot on surface chemistry and then marissa introduced me to ornl and so then that was material science and then i was like okay yes i'm sticking to applied mathematics um the chemical engineering uh concentration is going to allow me to take all of these different engineering classes on top of chemistry and so um again i just dove into it i was like this is what i'm gonna do and again, I had that deep like passion for math since I was younger. I knew I was good at it. And I was like, you know what? Let me follow what I'm good at right now. Let me see what I can do. And so I, that's kind of in, in a few words <laughs> or a lot of words as I talk a lot, um, how I got to where where I, I decided to be. Okay. And, and I think that's, uh, you know, because unfortunately, you know, stuff like that's going to happen to people. You're going to have some problems. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it, it happens. It really does. You know, you, it'd be great if we could say, oh, well, you know, there was just this one instance, you know, but, you know, I'm sure there's other a lot of other times in general with anyone mm -hmm. that you have people that stand in your way for whatever reason. It doesn't even matter, but it's going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, you got to figure out, OK, are you going to like accept that? No. Or are you going to figure it out? Uh, that's, yeah. that's that's the, that's the reality of it. Absolutely. But OK, so um, so just for, for my sake, so I can make sure I can. So yeah. your degree exactly was in applied mathematics, <laughs> okay, applied mathematics, applied mathematics with concentration in, in chemical. Yeah. OK, no. And, that, and that's yeah, no, that's that's not super common. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And chemical engineering is, is, is pretty. I mean, it's just like that we needed a title. Right. And so under that category, um, like, again, I took all the physical chemistry, the actual like chemie classes, a few of them in material science, but um, to, you know, there was always that math was always at the, at, at the forefront. Um, and I, I loved that. So, and it allowed me to do a lot more too, and, and get involved in, in just like different areas. Right. So now I'm in the, like the, it was the, at ORNL um, or Oak Ridge National Lab, there is the uh, materials and technology, you know, division. So. I gotcha. So you, you kind of mentioned also that you, you know this is kind of the time when you start doing research at, at the university and everything like that. Do you want you mind telling us a little bit about that or, or what else you started doing while you were in school? <laughs> yes. Um, so I got involved with research really early on. So like by the end of my freshman year, I knew that I was going to be doing research with Walter um, in his in his group, and so uh, that was really cool. It was uh, we did some work on catalysts <laughs> and so all of those awesome reactions and um i i loved it um just honestly having him there and, and the whole experience and then i met uh Danae institute uh who are still longtime friends of mine really good friends um we kind of made a little family uh but you know that was that was awesome um it was it was more chem like chemi like heavy you know so that was really cool um to get in in there 
Uh, and then, uh, well, following my sophomore year, um, or no, yeah, at the end of my sophomore year, it was when I got my internship with Oak Ridge. And so I ended up leaving um, and I that was more material science based. So again, I mean, with with um, Gabor Summerjai's groups, that was with with Walter. Um, we, you know, I was looking at um, how acid sites um, affected the reactions on like on the silica support. So um, if that had any effect on where the reactions, uh, the pathways of the reaction, right? Those are the different products that um, came out of it. And so all, all of this like based on catalytic reactions. Um, and that was really, really cool. And so um, after that, so again, more surface stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So surface chemistry, that was really neat. But then I going into the material science side, I, cause that's what Oak Ridge National Lab, that's what I did there. It was really cool. I made some really cool magnets <laughs> and uh, made them in different ways and um, got into that. And that was really cool. And then I also did some more synthesis with some solid oxide fuel cells. And that was, again, just like a lot of processes and like different methods of making things and then looking at the mechanical properties and how you know things are affected um and okay are they strong are they good is this material even going to be worth it um and anyways it was it was a lot of fun um and i enjoyed it and i loved figuring problems out at the end of the day right like something to work out well how can you make it better um okay this method of making this magnet does not work so like what am i doing wrong are there different parameters and then you got into also experimental design which was really cool um you know really diving into like everything that is science um and um let's see that's so yeah that was a large portion of my research uh, or like my college time was yeah research. i, I got gotcha. but then also um i started a decal which um most people don't know what that is <laughs> but it's it's a student facilitated course um and and you can actually get sponsored by a professor and you can teach a class at berkeley which is awesome like they just have to prove it you have to have a curriculum and um one thing that i will say is like to anyone here listening to this podcast is if you have a passion for something whatever it is like speak about it because i remember i i am a huge advocate for education and like closing opportunity gaps and i remember my freshman year just talking about oh yeah i love to tutor on the side if i can help anyone like you know and, and talking about like a little bit my story or just helping kids out and my friend actually marissa at the time just i just told her casually about it i was like yeah like i love education like all this and she one day called me she's like hey one of my professors is looking for someone to like like create a decal with and like you know create a program or something and i was like i think you'd be the right fit and i was like oh okay met up with this professor uh and we had a conversation she was like super happy with me I, you know and then the opportunity came about and next thing you know i'm teaching this decal that's all about um stem in in elementary schools it's just like for, for younger kids and the education gaps and you know opportunity gaps and then we started a program <laughs> and uh it's called science in oakland elementary schools 
when every other Wednesday we ended up going to Oakland, uh, we had a few different elementary schools depending on the semester, and we would do science experiments with the kids. And we just expose them to different fields of STEM and not just like engineering, you know, and the doctor. It's like, no, like, hey, you can be a botanist if you want to. Like, you know, you're yeah. like that. It's like, oh, if you really like bugs, did you know that you can actually study them? You know, just like different things that they could relate to. And then it also helped to see someone, you know, like that looked like them because all of these kids were mostly minorities. And so that was a huge chunk of my time at Berkeley. That's I was involved in that. And um, what else did I do? I joined the boxing team. <laughs> um, it was working out the or just doing physical activity for me is the way I de-stress. And I did join the running club at one point. Um, but yeah, it was research and my decal and boxing. Those were those were the three things I was involved in. <laughs> That, that sounds like it could keep you plenty busy. That sounds just <laughs> all together, yeah. I'm sure you didn't have a whole lot of free time just chilling out. <laughs> I tried. I, I, I went hiking. <laughs> I tried go. to do as much as I could, yeah. No, that's cool. And I, and I think it, it's pretty interesting, I guess, you kind of frame it like that because that's, that's how I was thinking about it. It's like, okay, listening listening to you, it's like, okay, hey, you know, you're obviously academically focused. This is one aspect of your life. Then, you know, you're doing this other thing that's, you know, something you really care about that's a passion with, uh, you know, giving back and and everything like that, and then you also have this, you know, putting this uh, physical activity. You know, it's, it's life's all about balance. You know, you're 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 kind of checking all the boxes that you should be. So that's really cool that you kind of started those forming those habits like at that point. You know, so early on in college and and everything like that. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think, um, and and I'll say like it wasn't easy. Um, I remember my freshman year definitely was a struggle, and I remember I failed well I thought I failed because the whole curve thing I, I didn't really know about either right the the different when you curve a test and mm-hmm. I thought I had failed um, one of my physics exams and I remember crying I, I called my dad and I was crying and he told me to shut up he's like Callate. and I was like that's not what you're supposed to tell me <laughs> and but that day though because he was like why are you crying I was like well because I was like I don't even go out like all I do is study and I still fail <laughs> And he told me, he was like, no, like, what are you going to do about it? Like, you can't change a grade. I mean, all you can do is do better on the next test and, you know, move forward. And he was like, why are you so stressed out? Like, what's going on? And I know he meant it out of a good place, right? But mm-hmm. he was being hard on me in that sense. But he was all like, day by day, Alexis, day by day. Stop worrying about what you have to do next week. Like, worry about what needs to get done this week. That's it, right? And like, what do you have to do for tomorrow? And that was the like best advice I had re- ever received. Because from that point on, I was like, okay, what am I going to do today? All right, today I'm, I'm going to go work out because I need to de-stress a bit. You know, I need to do this. Okay, I got to get just this chapter done. And that, I don't know, all of that just, again, day by day. And, and that helped me find my balance too. But it, it was not easy. <laughs> I always say it's, it's, Berkeley was tough. It really was. And I didn't find my balance until I would say junior year. And that was, you know, again, everything happened the way that it needed to. Mm-hmm. But if there's any way that I can help someone find that balance sooner, great. <laughs> because no, yeah. it was it was rough. Did you did you ever feel like you were kind of intimidated or anything like that being in that environment? Just because it's, you know, Berkeley, this name brand kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I realized early on I was not as prepared as the other kids were. I, I love my teachers and I loved my, you know, high school experience, yes, but I, you know, you're competing with these kids that went to these elite private high schools. 
or just really great public high schools that I'm just like, oh, oh, okay. And then you'd have students who are like, oh, my dad's a physics professor at this, you know, school. So I'm just going to ask him later. And I'm like, okay. Or like, yeah, my mom owns, or she's like runs that lab at Genentech. And I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> you know? And so I, you know, I, I had imposter syndrome for sure. For sure. Um, I felt very incapable. I remember feeling completely overwhelmed my sophomore year and I I flew home and again I, I thank my dad because I was freaking out about how I would even get to go home because the tickets were always so expensive. And um and that was hard in itself too. You know, I had my aunt uh, and a few aunts in California, but it didn't, you know, those those building those relationships takes time too. So I wasn't as as close as I, I am now with them. Um so and I was always afraid because I was like, No, I, I'm supposed to be able to do it all, right? I was I was I was a nerd in high school, I always got the good grades, I was, you know, I could do everything. And I came, I went to Berkeley and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do everything. <laughs> and I, and my dad figured out a way, I think we put it on a credit card and you know, I flew out there for literally just a couple days. And I remember crying to my mom in the living room, like after my parents and my siblings had gone to sleep and, and she was like, okay, what is wrong with you? Because I, I've, I've just always been a very happy kid, like, you know, could do everything, super energetic. And she was like, you, like you, you're not even talking. And I just, I just started crying, and I fell into her lap like a little kid, right? I'm like 20 year old or 19 year old me, like crying like a little kid. And I was like, Mom, I feel so useless. And in, in Spanish, you say inútil, and that just sounds horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and she just was like, you are not, and like, again, my mom is not one to really say those sweet things, you know, at least it's definitely back in the day. So for her to just like hold me there and just be like, you can do it. Like you are capable, like you are so smart. She's like, I don't know where this intelligence came from. <laughs> She's like, your grandpa is very, very smart. And I was like, I was like, thanks mom. I was like, you're smart too. And they're just like, you know, saying these things to each other. And I, and you know, and she was tough on me too. She'd be like, ah, pero querías Berkeley. Like you wanted Berkeley. <laughs> and that was the thing. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I was like, oh, I did, I did. And, and she was like, I told you, you should have just stayed in Texas. You could have gone to UT. And I was like, I know. And I was, you know, sad, but also like, no. And, and going back and seeing my family, and seeing like how hard my dad was working and seeing how much my mom was doing for my siblings still on the day to day. I was like, I went back to Berkeley refreshed and like, okay, look, you hadn't seen your family in a while. Remember that they're your reason. They're the reason you're doing all of this because you don't want to see your dad be working physical labor all the time. I don't want to see my mom, you know, clean houses because I went, I would go with her in the summers to go clean houses. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I am this like girl getting education and, you know, educated at Berkeley and I'm over here cleaning some person's toilet. And I was like, oh, you know, it, 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 it messes with your brain. It really does. Cause you're like, oh, am I even good enough to be at this school? You know, am I going to, am I going to get through it? And I remember, you know, especially in those math classes or in my chemistry classes, I was always afraid to raise my hand because I was like, oh, that's a dumb question. I'm sure all these kids already know the answer. 
And then no, ask the question because I remember I turned to my friend and I I was like, what is what is like this? You know, I can't remember exactly the question. And someone in the very front row, you know, one of those people uh, asked the same exact question, and the professor goes. Oh, that's such a great question, and she was like, "See, you should ask." And I was like, "Dang it," you know. But again, it's it was it was mentally tough because yeah, I I did not think I belonged there for a long time, for a long long time. <laughs> But somehow I just kept kept going. Yeah, and and, and I think that's.、Uh... Yeah, it's obviously unfortunate when you got to go through something like that, but it's it's those difficult things that you know really make you stronger. And yeah, you know, I hope anyone listening to this is like, hey, you know, like, because in general, school can be really tough, regardless of where you're at. Yeah,、no, exactly. It would just be like, especially if you're one of those people that, like, with me, I was I was never good at school. Like、mm-hmm. to this day, I tell everyone I sucked at school. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where it's like, all right, like you got to figure out, you know, what what's that that light at the end of the tunnel for you? Is it your family? Is that you want to reach this goal? Is that you want to do this? You got to figure out, you know, what what your why behind it is, and then from there, you know, use that as a motivation because, especially when something's really hard and there's a lot of obstacles and. Some some people seem like they have advantages that you never even knew about. Yep. <laughs>、uh, like you know what you know what are you gonna do about?、It? You can't do anything. You can you, know, you can't control anyone else but yourself and what you're doing. And、mm-hmm. uh, it's it's on you. You know you can either decide to adapt to it or you know just turn around basically. Yeah. And and one thing I will mention to people hearing this, education for me, I loved it. I since I was little, I liked it. But school isn't for everybody. You know, and and that's one thing that I wished that my high school was better at. It's like, no, you know, yes, if you want to go to college, of course, I'm gonna, I, I'm a huge advocate for higher education, but like also,、um, welding pays super well, and it's an amazing, you know, like job in my opinion. It's super cool,、um, and I've seen people do it at the lab, and and so, anyways, it's just like that's a skill, and I'm like, some people are meant to. Be skillful, and people don't even know that there's an opportunity to do that. And it's just like it it it, it frustrates me because I'm like, you can get a you know, find your why and find your purpose and do something that you love, and you don't have to put yourself through school because if you don't like it, like why you know, unless you have a really big reason as to why and you're passionate about it, why are you gonna why are you gonna follow a path that you don't want?、Um, So again, there are so many other opportunities out there, and there there needs to be more advocacy for that. I think, in my opinion. Oh yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, speaking as someone that works in manufacturing,、mm-hmm. we need more welders. <laughs> <laughs> no, we、yeah. really, really do. No, and it's and it's it pays super well, and it's just an amazing skill to have. Like I, I've seen some talented, talented people, and then this is just one skill I'm talking about. There are plenty、okay. of others. So、um, yeah, I just again. I, I am. I'm speaking on my behalf about school because that's what I wanted to do, and that's how you know. Ed, in education, I mean, if you are educated in that skill, that's going to take you further, right?、Um, and yeah. So, anyways, just my two cents on that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It's, you know, it's all like it's it's what I, it's a, you know something I, I advocate with like people that you know I interact with on that are like hourly employees. It's like, hey, you don't have to like go back to school to do this, but like. You have to care about something, and you want to get better at it. It's、mm-hmm. not going to happen overnight, but you know, it's. I think it's good for people just try to be constantly trying to improve themselves at、so、whatever it is, you know, whatever it might be. But I, I think that's that's a very good point. So, so here we are. You know, you're you've kind. Of... 
you're you're at Berkeley. You've you know figured out this this degree specific for you, basically. <laughs> uh, uh, you you know you're starting to get some research experience. Uh, you start working at Oak Ridge. Do you, do you mind kind of talking to us a little more about Oak Ridge and kind of kind of what happened after you started interning with them? Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I interned uh, 2016, and then um, they asked me to come back the next summer. I was like, yes, of course. And I, I fell in love. You're just that good. You're just that good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I really loved it, and uh, I was learning so much. And then Tennessee was is really awesome in the summer, um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to come back. And then um, I actually thought about, you know, hey, okay, what if I stay the whole semester, right? And that was an idea that they also brought up and like a kind of like a co-op thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I can do this. And honestly, it came at the perfect time because I kid you not, I was about to drop out of Berkeley because I couldn't afford it anymore. Even with the amount of scholarships that I had, I actually did not know about out-of-state fees. <laughs> like, so I was like, oh yeah, I have plenty of scholarships. I'm gonna go and it's gonna be pretty much a full ride. No, <laughs> no, because and they, these are things that like can screw you over, especially as a low-income student who has no one to even ask about these things. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, like what is this out-of-state stuff? And I was struggling and so, it just came at, at an, like a perfect opportunity for me to take a semester off and then save money, like, you know, work with Oak Ridge and get, you know, because I was like a lab, I was a lab tech intern at that point. So they could actually pay me and all that. And so I got I was able to get enough to like fund the rest of my semester. And I was just like, oh, this is perfect. And so I went there and I, I ended up doing a lot more on like the synthesis side. Um, and then learning more about the, you know, mechanical properties and how to actually build tests from scratch and all that, and just got involved in what other, you know, science fields there were. And so there's like also the technology section, and then there's the, uh, seeing how powerful data science is and high performance computing, because we have the world's fastest computer there. And so that was really like, wow. And, and, you know, again, a perfect segue into what I'm doing now with tensor, um, you know, cause there was that whole just computing world that yes i knew about but it's like oh wait you can use this for so much more um and so yeah and anyways i i stayed the semester there in 2017 then so i was there summer 2016 then summer 2017 stayed for, through the fall semester and then i was like oh i love it so much <laughs> like i really did i loved the team i, I loved my experiences and i had no idea what i was going to do afterwards i was like mm, you know do I stay in California? Do I you know, want to be back in Tennessee? And I decided to go back to uh, Oak Ridge National Lab in 2018, just for five weeks, just to like get a, a last summer in before I finished my last semester in December of 2018. And so um, I, yeah, I, I, I was like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen. But I told my boss, I am interested. If there's a job opening, like, let me know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I really, really. You put yourself out there. You exactly. Out there. And, and me staying that semester and really showing them what I could do, I think, you know, I, you know, like they say, um, put your foot in the door. I was like, well, I felt like I put my whole leg in there. So um, that was that was just my way of showing them, look, look what I can do. I think yeah. what I can offer. Um, and so. After that, I remember I didn't hear really back from Oak Ridge and, you know, I would email back and forth, but people are busy and, but 
persistence, right? Keep emailing them, uh, just how, you know, how are things? Um, is there, you know, any opportunity? And I actually had applied um, to several different companies in California, and I had given a verbal yes um, to a company in Silicon Valley. <laughs> and I mean, they, they're great. A lot of my, um, the research people that I worked with, um, at Berkeley, a lot of them were there at that company. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, okay, you know, I'm gonna be here. This is cool. Um, and then out of nowhere in November, uh, I got a call from my boss or now boss. And he was like, hey, this job is is actually gonna be open. And like, do you, you know, we can, we can give you this amount and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like super excited. And I had to tell the other company like, Oh, I'm so, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that awkward conversation. Yeah, it was, I felt bad, but you got to do what feels right for you. And also, um, you know, again, I, my parents are immigrants and I was submitting or I had submitted their, their case and their papers and all that when I turned 21. So me working or yeah, working for, you know, a, a government for the government basically mm -hmm. um, was going to look a lot more appealing uh, to the lawyer, to the to the judge, and everyone that was working around that case. So you know that was a huge decision for me too because I, I you know, I could never put myself first, and and that sounds bad. I did put myself first. Like I, I in my education, yes, I always did what I wanted to do in that sense, but it was always with like, yeah, I wish you know I could have gone to grad school right after. I wish I could have, but I was like, I need to provide for my family. I need to help my dad with the bills. So I need to get a job. And unfortunately, when you're in grad school, I just wouldn't be making enough to really support myself and also support, like help on my family. And so I was like, no, there's no way. My brother is going to go to college soon. And then my sister's right after him. So I was like, I got to start working now. And um, so yeah, I, I was like, okay, Oak Ridge it is. And I moved, you know, through the, almost like across the country, you know, cause it's still not the East coast, but we're right there. And, uh, I was like, okay, let's do this. And, um, Oak Ridge has been an experience to say the least. Being an intern is very different from actually being staff. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I got there. Um, again, things just worked out and I think part of it was because I showed the interest right always uh that consistency and keeping up and saying hey <laughs> how are you <ya?" laughs> yeah no oh, yeah so so now that you know you mentioned there is a difference so so what do you think is what, what are some of the differences in being you know now that you're like full-time and like a real employee, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well there's a there's a huge increase of responsibility um for one obviously but there's also that you know things will fall on you if, if something, if you don't meet your deadlines, well, you know, what happened? Um, and then that, that falls on you. So as an intern, you're like, well, oh, I, you have room to mess up, right? And in the SI, you know, you have room to mess up too when you're staff, but it's like, oh no, there are definitely consequences and, and you have to be on top of it. Uh, there's that, you know, managing side on top of it too, where it's like, you have to make sure you're managing um, all of your experiments and your time <laughs> and then finding that work-life balance because no one really talks about how hard it is um, to have that like eight to four you know nine to five job like they say and then make sure that you actually make time for everything else um, living alone had an impact on that um, but I would say on, on the responsibility side 
and and making sure that you know you ask questions but then also there's that uh, you know that imposter syndrome again <laughs> of okay now i'm in this role i have to do things well who do i ask can i ask for help right or will people think that i'm incapable and so there is just a lot more stress upon it i would say i got you yeah no and i think I think it comes down to just, you know, I think you said a responsibility because with more responsibility, everything else kind of cranks up a notch, right? It's, you know, when you're an intern, I think most of the time, a lot of places it's like, Hey, this is your scope right here. This tiny little thing, (laughs) because you know, you're there, you know, maybe if you're lucky 12, 14 weeks and like really long internships, but like, that's, that's not a lot of time really in the scope of things. But now it's like, okay, Hey, you're going to be here a while. So obviously we're going to give you some time to figure what's happening out. But after that, it's like, you're expected to kind of function on your own and, Mm-hmm. you know there's there's definitely some level of okay well you know when is it exactly that point when can i stop asking questions but really really like you're always you're always not going to know something you know, exactly and and that's and that's the thing it's like you have to be able to ask those questions and then also just like know who to ask though right um and and then that's the thing too it's it's as well, for me, like we work in a group and I depend on other people sometimes for them to make samples or, you know, get certain things uh, to me. And so, you know, it's it's hard, especially coming in. And I'm this like, you know, little Latina girl who is like probably looks like she's like 16, who's, you know, still looks like an intern being like, uh, you didn't do a good job. <laughs> so um, can you do it again? And it's just like I can imagine how that might feel to someone right who's older and and you know has been there and you're like oh man like and and that was hard in itself too and again this might just be my specific situation because of a who i am right being latina mexican you know you say a woman of color um and and then being young because there's there's ageism right all that there's sexism there's you know racism i mean all of it i've experienced all of it and it and it it's been it's been a learning lesson, and I feel like you can either get really really mad at it and you know throw a fit, or learn how to choose and like pick your battles, right? And and be, like come out stronger and make sure people take you seriously. <laughs> I would say, um, but yeah, it's it's been it's been a journey for sure, and you just have to navigate and, and know. Okay, yeah, this is the real world. You're not in this little bubble. Uh, you know, Berkeley was a little bubble. Even where I grew up was a little bubble. So I'm really glad that I'm, and I was like, you know, I'll take the hard hits. If that means someone else coming in my position that looks like me is not going to experience what I have, that's fine. <laughs> you know, I'll take it. Oh, yeah. And I think that's a good point. It's like, and I think everyone to certain extent is living in that bubble, you know, when you're, especially when you're in school. Yeah. And I don't think you realize how much you're in a bubble when you're in school. You're just <laughs> like, oh, hey, I'm like, out, you know, away from home or I'm doing my own thing and all this stuff. Like, I, you know, I'm a, my parents were the bubble or this situation. Like, yeah, that was. But like, this is also a bubble. You know, you have this this structure that it's, it's kind of your life. You know, you, when you're in school, you don't really do much besides school, right? Exactly. So it's like now you get to this other aspect of it where it's like, okay, has this whole other big world where there's not this structure. You decide what you want to do. You figure out what you care about, don't care about, how you deal with stuff, how you don't deal with stuff. And it's, it's something, you know, to say the least. No, it, it is. And it's mentally draining. <laughs> and uh, trust me, I went, I went through a very uh, dark time after the first year of being here. But that's a whole different story. <laughs> but I'm, uh, yeah. No, yeah, the, 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 the lighter way I always put it to people is like, yeah, like, 
you know, once you kind of start getting out there and doing all this stuff, yeah, like you said, it's mentally draining and there's just a lot of stuff going on. Like I didn't realize how much I would appreciate just being home and not having to think about what I'm going to eat that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it seems such a small thing, but it's like when I, like I always notice when I, like after I go home from visiting and then I come back, I'm like, oh, like what am I going to eat today? Like it just all of a sudden becomes a, an idea that you just completely forget about for a little bit. Right. Exactly. But it's, it's, it's all that stuff. It adds up and it, you know, you have to be able to learn, you know, how to balance it and what's good for you and what you care about. Right. hundred percent. It's, it's just, it, you don't notice it until it's not there. I'll say that. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I agree. <laughs> but cool. So, uh, you know, that you, so, so you're at Oak Ridge and everything like that. You're, 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 you're living up the, the full-time <laughs> life. You know, in yeah. Tennessee. Uh, so, you know, what, what, why don't you tell us about, you know, what are you doing now and what's, what's new for you? What's going on? You know? Yes. Okay. So, um, again, to reiterate the point where I say, speak about your passions because you never know who's listening to you. Um, I, again, I always spoke about what I wanted to do or what I was doing, um, to anyone who asked or, you know, like, well, what are you doing? Okay. I'm doing this. And I feel like to, well, I, ha I have, I would say I can explain things well and I add a story behind it. I mean, you know, I, when I, when I speak, people will do tend to listen. Um, and I, and I've made that like something that I work towards because you need people to listen to you if you want to get somewhere. Right. And early on in, in my education, that's kind of what I was like, okay, I need to learn how to like throw out my ideas. Right. And speak about things in, in a way that people will want to listen. And so I just said, I don't know, I just talked about my research and, you know, what I was doing and, you know, the founder of Tensor Networks, which is the startup company that I'm now president and CEO of, um, was listening to me and he was impressed with who I was. And I met him quite a few years ago and I had really no idea that um, him and his wife were like keeping up with me or really um, knew who I was. I mean, I knew they knew who I was, but I didn't mm -hmm. know that they had followed at least my career, what I was doing, where I was at. And so last year um, in November, I remember I, I, I received a call and I was like, oh no, I think it might've been earlier than that. Um, can't remember exactly the date, but it was last year, late last year. I received a call and I was camping and I, I don't know how I got signal up in the mountain, but I did. And I was like, Oh gosh, you know, I, I need to answer this call. And the opportunity came up and they're like, you know, would you want to be like president and CEO of this company? And I, and I was like, no. <laughs> and I, I was like, I am very flattered. Thank you. But I was like, no way. And I mean, I was just like, uh, it seems appealing. Sure. I was like, you know, that's, that's a huge thing though. I'm like, I don't even know what y'all are doing. Like, and I'm just a person that's like, I'm not going to say yes to something or do something unless I know that I can do a good job at right like, yeah sure i've led a decal i've you know, you know taught that class at, at berkeley um i've been in other leadership roles but like not like this i don't i was like i don't know you know about managing this company like this um but thankfully being exposed i was exposed to, to so much at berkeley so i knew a bit about like okay the startup world and like what needed to get done and i was like okay I don't know, but I, maybe I can do it, you know? So, and, um, yeah, of course they hyped me up. So I, <laughs> I remember being like, well, I, let me join your team. Um, but like, and see what y'all are about. And maybe, you know, again, like test the waters a bit and then see if maybe I can 
like, or if I feel confident enough to, to do this. So um, I ended up, you know, being like officially part of their team, but I was more on just like the sales side. Okay, like, let me see like the product. Let me talk to people about it. Like, let, let, let me just get rolling. So um, I did and I started learning about it. And okay, they started back in July of 2019. Um, it's, you know, it was a hardware uh, startup to begin with, but definitely now a software startup, right? That's the software is where it's at. And so, um, and then I, you know, I learned, okay, actually there's some really neat stuff going on here. They're like, their technology is, is going to be the solution for a lot of, uh, problems <laughs> that are going to arise. And so basically they're, you know, what we do is we created matrix OS for one, um, and that's the software side of things, but it's convergence of networking and high performance computing with artificial intelligence and machine learning also <laughs> all for, um, to like have these uh, service delivery companies actually be able to like create applications for their like whatever their use case specific priority is and so um, we're giving them basically like the ability to to run whatever they want to create right to their needs to their problems to their solutions and so um, that was really 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 cool and I was like wait a second this this is going somewhere and so uh, when their CTO, Bill Walker, joined, this is when I was like, okay, I can actually lead a team. Like, well, if you have a solid team mm -hmm. supporting you and they're like actually answering your questions and helping you out, that's when you're like, okay, okay. You know what? Like if, if you have a, like, it's like having a good family, right? Too, yeah, friends, yeah. right? Because friends are the family you choose. Um, but um, when we started looking to at like how industry 4.0 is that you know that whole like vertical there um i mean it is everything's becoming smart now right everything is is going to like this shift in in technology is i mean it's already been happening but even more so now especially in the pandemic that we're at right um all these things are are it's 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 going to accelerate very quickly and you're going to have to have the power and the ability to do all those things so, and again, and everything that we have is open source. So it's basically an open platform for converged network edge with local GPU accelerated AI, ML, and um, adaptive services. And so I, I just, the possibilities are endless uh, for what Tensor can do at this point, but we're trying to really focus in, right? Because as a startup, you need to have a problem and you need to have your solution. And so that's kind of where we're at, but we have a great team. And um, anyways, uh, when we started getting the right people on the team and really like seeing, okay, look, we have to go into the software. This is where we're going to differentiate ourselves from everyone else, right? And we have to create the story. And I was like, wait a second, like I, I can do this, right? And I was like, hey, we need to do this. And hey, we need to do that. And, and I wasn't in my CEO position yet, but I was like, guys, we need to, you know, shift this way, shift this way. And then again, when the CTO joined, I was like, okay, we, I, I can, I think I can do this. I think I can lead. And so, um, I, I ended up taking that position officially, um, in May. And I've been leading the strategy behind Tensor. And, um, you know, talking to all these crazy, amazing, smart people and being able to talk to them, being able to, to, you know, share a story and what we're doing and get feedback from them and create this, these relationships. And 
you know, being like, hey, actually, let's, you know, we should go this route or like, hey, how about we explain it like this? And, you know, uh, Bill, I need you to do this. Or like, Eric, we actually need to, you know, do this. And so anyways, I just, I was like, wow, I, I can, I can do this. And I have that like, um, I don't know if it's like in uh, something that's not something like I would say you're necessarily born with, but being a leader naturally comes to me. And then being able to listen and being able to pick and choose your battles, right? And then also being able to accept constructive criticism and also knowing that, hey, you know what? I'm not the best at this. So I'm going to let my team member take care of this, you know, um, and letting them flourish in their own way. So for me, I was like, okay yeah let's let's do this let's get on the roll with it and now i've you know been pitching and presenting and you know doing all these things and um it's it's been a great experience i'm still learning for sure but i was like no yeah i can do this and one thing is like so in in the market um for someone who maybe doesn't have the 20 plus years of experience that other people do in the networking world for me to realize that okay wait a second why hasn't there been a solution right then you know it's actually a problem that tensor is trying to fix because i'm like i i understand the problem why isn't anyone else doing anything about it so yeah. anyways <laughs> that's my little feel <laughs> on that <laughs> no you're good no that, that, that's really cool and i think you know uh the thing that that, that someone listening to this i think should should probably take away is you know, there, 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 I'm sure there, you, there was still some uncertainty and, you know, you don't know exactly, you know, like you don't have the solution like, oh, in three or five years, this is exactly where we're going to be. You have an idea mm-hmm. and you're going to try to execute on that. But, you know, you kind of have to have that that little bit of like, you know, depending who you ask, might be arrogance, cockiness, a little bit in yourself that it's like, hey, yeah, I can figure that out. <laughs> like, I can get to that point. Like, I know I don't I'm not there right now, but. Mm-hmm. It, I can help get that happen, and I think that the key thing you're you're ta- the key things you were talking about are great. That you're, you know, listening to the right people, you know, asking for feedback, and you know, trying to make the best decisions for the team to get them somewhere. Because that, that's all leader is. You're just you're a facilitator. Your 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 job isn't to fix everything. It's to you know work with the right people to do what's going to be best for everybody. Yes, yes, and and I will say, you know, um, I know I've gotten a lot of like, oh, you know, why you. Um, what's your background? Um, but it, it's there, and and people that really know me um, and actually look at my like you know resume and what I've done, there it's a definitely a better fit than what I'm doing now, um, at least for me. And um, you have to hype yourself up, right? And you have to surround with with yourself with people that are going to do that because we are so like we're incredibly capable of doing a lot of things um and sometimes we we doubt it right and i definitely doubted it for a long time but sometimes when i i hear myself speak or i see myself in video i'm like oh oh i can do it <laughs> you know <laughs> or i'm like in a meeting and because i remember being in in a i was we were explaining you know pitching you know what we're, who we are what we're doing just to, to a few people and obviously um, in person, maybe they wouldn't be looking at other things on their computer, but I I was in this, so we're on the Zoom meeting. And you know, when, you know before everyone's like, okay, is, can everyone hear me? You know, is everyone's microphone on, et cetera. And I remember I was um, talking to, or I was like, oh, so how's everyone doing during the pandemic? Just trying to create, you know, a, a more of a casual relationship or, or atmosphere because I was like, okay, you know what? we're in COVID right now, like whatever. Mm-hmm. And the point is they, 
I could tell they were not really paying attention to to me or to anyone, right? Like mm-hmm. from our team, they were kind of just like super dry, very much um, just not talking and not engaging. And turns out that um, uh, some of my team members had actually um, talked to them already, and I was unaware just because when I took on this role, like this has happened before I took on the, the mm-hmm. role. So, um, and they, you know, the people from that company didn't tell me, oh, I already know this stuff. So I'm over here trying, like going through a presentation from like scratch. And then one of the guys was like, oh yeah, we already heard this. And like kind of said it in like a, you know, not in yeah. a rude, exactly rude way, but just kind of like, okay, like get to the point. And so I was like, huh. So I said, I, I was like, no. And, and again, it, it, they just did not seem engaged. And I was like, this is for one, I just, I don't put up with it <laughs> because I'm like, again, I know people and I don't want to take things the wrong way, but I'm just, I was like, okay, these people just want to get down to the point. So I said, I was like, all right. So I was like, please let me know from this. Like, I was like, how much you guys know from this presentation? Because I don't want to repeat myself. I'm like, I, I was like, I was unaware that, you know, there was a meeting beforehand. So I would appreciate it if you let me know where we need to start so that we can get moving forward. And, you know, we can get done with this meeting immediately. And so like, and all their heads like turned and because they were not looking at me while I was speaking, you mm-hmm. know, and I was like, I get it. Like, it's different. We're in, over Zoom, but you can feel that, you know. Yeah. But at the second I was like, you know, let me know. I was like, because, you know, we need to get this meeting done with. Um, they all turned their heads and they actually engaged. And I was like, sometimes you just have to, like, be able to to put your you know foot down and be like, OK, like, you guys can also just tell me where we're at in this presentation and what you need, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think it just takes like, maybe they just saw this, like, again, I know that I look younger than most, um, you know, people in this position. And so I don't know, again, maybe they are taking me seriously. Maybe they're just in awe that someone is in my position that looks like me, but, um, you have to stand up for yourself. You know, you have to be able to speak and able to grab the attention and you don't ever have to do it in a rude way, just, you know, in a, in a, in a confident way. Um, and, and so, yeah, that, that's, it's been, it's been a journey for sure. (laughs) I can imagine. I think again, like with any leadership role, your, your, your job is going to be to, you know, execute Mm -hmm. at the end of the game. That's it. You know, everything else, how you do it, you know, it's debatable and all that kind of stuff but you have to get results done so yeah you know that's it after that you know you gotta figure it out <laughs> exactly exactly so no i think that that's you know I, I think for anyone hearing it's like you, you know obviously those things you don't have to be ceo to to know that and understand how to do that. it's just leadership fundamentally speaking you know and it's it's you know it's it, don't don't be feeling like it, you're shy you're timid or it's like oh well like if i tell them this like what are they gonna think about that you know it's like no, like you have a job to do and you have responsibilities and you're you're accountable to your whole team. You know, at the end of the day, that's that's how that works. And you have to have their back and it's their work. And you got to show that you're going to stand up for them and get their point across and and do what's best for everybody. Yep. It goes down to self-worth. Right. That's what mm-hmm. it's down to. And I um, you ha- you have to respect yourself. And if you don't and, and know what you're capable of, of doing, um, because if you don't, you know, like no one else is going to see that. And, and that, that's been the biggest thing, I feel, um, being in this role. And you got to know how, you, that your time is valuable, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly. the biggest thing, too. It's like, don't waste my time. So I'm, I don't want to waste yours. 
So yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, all all this, you know, I think we've heard a lot about your your whole journey here, and it's super impressive. Uh, super glad to have you on the <laughs> podcast. Really, really do appreciate your time. Uh, so kind of last last little section here, more just for you know anyone listening. Most of the audience is just kind of you know, college <laughs> students, young professionals, either in STEM or interested in STEM. Yeah. Uh, so you know what what you know what's uh, what do you think you would tell you know kind of college students that are you know having trouble you know in school or they, they you know they're maybe dealing with some of the issues that you dealt with. You know what advice would you give them? Firstly, take it day by day, <laughs> right? Um, but number two. Okay, you, most people you're paying for education in one way or the other, um, and actually, and I'm gonna take this from my best friend. Uh, I remember going into office hours like when we did. She didn't understand something. She would ask. Didn't matter how small the question was. She would ask, and she was like, "No, they're gonna they're gonna explain this to me because I'm paying for school," you know. And actually, I took that to heart, and I and I remember. My experience in school really changed, and I was like, "You can't be afraid to ask because they're they're there to teach you. They're there to to explain things that you don't know." And so, again, ask, ask because if you never ask, you you might never know, <laughs> and you don't want to get stuck with that.、Um, mm-hmm. So that that's a def- like that's definitely the other thing.、Um, three, like do. Do what feels right and do what makes you happy, which sounds super cliche, but truly, like, and some things are not going to make you happy. Trust me, like studying for those exams, doing all that. But if find a reason why behind,、mm-hmm. you know, don't just do it to do it. Um, there, there are also so many different career opportunities、um, and jobs out there. Do your research. Take a little extra time to to actually, you know, again, go back goes back to asking questions. If you're curious about what someone does, ask them. Network, shoot them an email. You know,、um, a, a message on LinkedIn. We have so many resources right now. Like, take advantage of them, right?、Um, and also help each other out. I have seen this in a lot of different communities,、um, and and sadly in some of the Latino communities as well. Where other Latinos will not help each other out, and it's just like, why? I I am not trying to be the only Latina at the lab. I want there to be more. It's like,、mm-hmm. yes, girl, like get in here. We're gonna do this, you know. And and I don't. And I've I've had、uh, other friends experience that too, where it's like, oh, I'm the only Latina here. Like, blah blah blah. And it's like, what? Like, no. Like, I I want there to be more women in general. You know, it doesn't have to just be Latina women or or whatever. But like. Um, I yeah, help each other out. The I honestly, for me, I feel like I mean, Marissa helped me out. You know, she saw that I was driven, and then she was like, "No, you know, I'm gonna help her out." So she did. You know, she just helped like send my resume out. I mean, she didn't know any of、uh, these other people, but she was like, "Give me your resume. Let me send it out. Can't promise you anything, but." And then and then I got an internship. You know,、um, so I would I would encourage everyone if you know something that someone else doesn't, you you guys can both rise up. There、mm-hmm. would be no problem in like oh no you know because there's a competitive edge and especially at Berkeley, people would not want to help each other out. But thankfully, and I was like you know what I'm going to. I don't care if you get a better grade than me at the end of the day and I taught you how to do this like, no go you do it. That means I I taught you well, <laughs> you know. Like I was、yeah. able to explain it, and again, just encourage each other,、um, and and yeah, the day by day network, 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 
speak about your passions, whatever it may be. Um, and also, um, I would say, um, and this has been the biggest thing for me, um, say yes to experiences, even if it isn't with your best friend or your normal group of people or whatever, say yes, because at the end of the day, do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, when I came to Tennessee and this is just a small example, I remember I was like, Oh, I don't know if I'm going to really be friends with these interns. Like they're not like me. They're, you know, they're, they're just different and not mm-hmm. wrong with different, just different. And they're not the normal people I would hang out with. But I was like, you know what? I've never been to the Smoky Mountains. I've never done this. I've never done that. And I was like, okay, I'll go, you know, and maybe I didn't have the most fulfilling conversations or maybe I did. Right. And I was like, wow, these people are actually really cool. Like, but the thing is, I was doing it for me and I got to experience so much because I said yes. And I got to learn and I got to experience. And from all of these different people that I met, like the more people, you know, the more knowledge you're going to gain. Not doesn't just have to be academic, right? It can be culturally or it's like they have different traditions, like, etc. Like mm-hmm. you can't don't just stick with what you know. Because the only way you're going to grow is to make yourself like uncomfortable, right? And I mean that in a good way. Yeah, no, yeah. Honestly, if you're in a very uncomfortable position to don't or, you know, you don't feel right about something, don't do it. But when it comes to experiences, when it comes to even just talks, whatever it may be, do it. And you should never be the smartest person in the room. That is just, I live by that. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. That's very true. So kind of, kind of last question, which I think is, is, uh, I think hopefully some of you can help a lot of people out because, you know, in general, I think, uh, you know, risk can be a very, you know, something people avoid doing because I think they, they're like, Hey, you know, I, I think people that work very hard too, like, Hey, you know, you went to school, you got an education, you don't want to rock the boat by doing something that might be a little bit too risky. So you know, what, what, what would you tell people, you know, that are, you know, thinking about like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't do this because it's too risky or, mm-hmm. or they're, they're apprehensive towards risk. Right. Um, I will say you have to know when to take the risk and when to not. <laughs> um, for example, um, again, and there, there's no right answer for this, right? This is going off of my personal experience. I've seen my parents risk everything growing up. And they had to make it work one way or the other. And this is where it's like, well, are people just born to be resilient or is it something that's taught or, you know, learned, right? It's, it's, it's Mm -hmm. a risk is going to involve possibly a hardship. Um, But for me, I saw my dad risk it all and he was able to manage. And I was like, I, it was a risk for me to leave to California and be alone and not know anybody, you know, at least in school. But I was like, I am going to do this in one way or the other. It's going to happen. Um, but and see, that was like a like a lower risk, right? Okay, because you know, you're. I mean, yeah, it's Berkeley. You're, oh, you're going to be fine. Oh, I, I was fine. A little broken here and there, but yeah. <laughs> um, and then there was a risk of, you know, not accepting this really good job in California, right? That could lead to other opportunities versus, okay, Oak Ridge, which I mean, Oak Ridge is Oak Ridge and it's an amazing place in itself, but the risk of also being alone, uh, you know, not knowing many people, etc. Um, and guess what? I ended up falling with, you know, depression adjustment disorder and all that good stuff. Uh, when I came in, that was, that was a risk in itself. Right. Um, 
And then the biggest one I would say, which I think this is where the question is really or directed to is, you know, leaving a stable job, working for the government in Tennessee, you know, it pays really well, um, or at least pays okay. <laughs> and then going, risking it all for a startup, that for a company that might fall through. Right. Um, and that was, that was a huge thing. Um, but you have to believe in yourself. <laughs> you have to, but also be careful. I asked all the questions. So before you take a risk, ask yourself all of these questions. Very much well know, like, or have an idea of what you're going to get yourself into. Right. Uh, one of the things for me is like, okay, if this doesn't work out, even if it, you know, tensor falls through for whatever reason, which I really strongly believe it won't, um, there are people looking at what I do. I have people that are in the tech world in Silicon Valley telling me you're impressive. And I'm like, huh, what, who am I? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and I am just like, oh my gosh, but I am that person. You're right. And so, yes, there's a risk in all of this, but there's a quote by Randy Posh who, uh, if you want to read a book, it's called The Last Lecture. Um, he said, experience is what you get when you didn't get what you wanted. Okay. And no matter what, you're going to get something, some sort of experience, something that's either going to be better or not, but you are going to be responsible for like what you get out of it. Right. And what you do with it. So yes, risks are scary. Um, but they're everywhere right and um it doesn't mean that it has to be a bad thing like you you risk going to the gym okay well you you risk getting hurt but you might also really get in shape i don't know um no but but all in all you have to look at everything be realistic about it be patient with it um ask all of the questions not just ask yourself like you know don't just ask like questions to yourself but ask the people around you um, about what it's about, whether that's a job or a, whatever opportunity, like ask away mm -hmm. because don't ever make a decision without asking all of the details, right? You're not going to go and buy a house without inspecting it. <laughs> right. Um, so anyways, just, I hope, I hope that helps. Um, but trust your feeling or trust your gut, trust, trust those feelings that are, that are there. No, yeah, I think that's, that's all, all great advice and all great feedback. And yeah, any, like you said, anything's going to have some risk and there's a risk in not taking a risk too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, but no, thank you so much for, for being on the, on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Uh, I think definitely anyone listening to this, uh, got a lot of good information out of it. Uh, you have a really great story and you've done a lot of cool stuff that I'm sure a lot of people will want to hear about. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I know I talk a lot, so uh, my apologies, <laughs> but I, sorry, <laughs> not sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. It's okay. You're on, the, you're on the platform that's literally all about hearing people talk. So like, I'll say this is probably a good scenario to do, talk a lot. So you're sure, good. <laughs> no, but, thank you all right. for having me and for this opportunity. Yeah, no problem. All right, well, thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about Alexis or Tensor Networks, please see the show notes for her LinkedIn information and the Tensor Networks website. Additionally, if you learned anything from this episode, feel free to share with a friend. Also, as always, feel free to connect with me with my info in the show notes. Thank you and have a good day.